Peace in the name of Jesus, who is our suffering servant. So um, Thursday, I listened to the Michigan State's um, Kansas State basketball game, and they went into overtime. And my son told me that if you're in Buffalo Wild Wing and the game goes in overtime, you get six free wings. I said, that's pretty good. So, I mean, if you go to watch a ball game overtime, you get six free wings. And so I thought, uh, graciousness to you, that since there's an overtime game, I'll give you six extra minutes for the sermon for free. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that, all right? <laughs> so anyways, um, have you ever been freed or given a free pass? Do you know what freedom is? you ever been given a free pass? So um, go back to your childhood. Do you remember when you learned to ride a bike and your, your parents were, were pushing you and you had a balance? I remember that day he took off the training wheel. My, my dad was running along with me until I found my balance and then I could get on my bike and keep balance and I was sort of free to go where I want. Or, or do you remember when... You turn 16, and you got, in Ohio, we get a permit, and you get your license, and finally you say, Dad, can I have the car or Mom? And they hand you the keys, and you're free to go where you want. You, ever, you know that freedom? And as adults, you get to buy your own car, and you get to take it out. You have freedom with that. It's sort of nice to be free. Um, when I was in high school, I, I went to Germany to visit with my grandmother and relatives, and I remember getting off the plane in Frankfurt, and I've never seen those people before. I saw my grandmother before, but not the rest of my family never seen me before. But people started handing me gifts, or my family members, and we drove from Frankfurt to Turnersvorst, and uh, people kept them handing me $50 bills and other gifts and saying, what, what is this? Well, I was, I was a member. I was a part of the Muse family. There's a huge Muse family that uh, relocated in Western Germany after the war, and I was part of their family. I was my father's son. They knew who I was. I was Werner's son, and I was part of the family. There's a freedom in that that I was taken in, even though I haven't seen them before and they hadn't seen me. There's a freedom with that. And then um, I was a DCE in Iowa City, Iowa, and Ohio State Buckeyes were going to play at the university against the Iowa Hawkeyes. And my wife and I, we had nosebleed seats that we, we could afford. And so actually he was a student here. And um, I knew him when I taught here. And uh, he became equipment manager for the Ohio State, basketball, um, basketball, Ohio State Buckeye basketball team. He goes... And he called me up and said, Mr. Mew said, you're busy tonight? He said, well, yeah, I'm going to a house day game. Well, I'm going to be there too, and I have VIP tickets for you, your wife, and three friends. And you have to go to the VIP counter, and then we got special passes. And, he, and I go, well, I have seats, and you're in the nosebleed section. He goes, well, don't worry, you'll sit with the team. And so, so I went to the VIP ticket, and uh, we sat with the team. And it allowed us to go places in the Hawkeye Carver Arena, which is still where the Hawkeyes play, and see rooms and see trophies rooms and and things that we couldn't, we, we were free to do that. Have you ever had that in your life where you were free? You could ride a bike, drive a car, you have the right last name, you, you have freedom in the family, you're given a VIP pass, have freedom. And that sort of reminds me of this account in the Bible. And the woman's caught, she's caught in adultery and she's guilty because the sheets are still around her and he skedaddles, he's guilty too, but she's the one who's caught. And so, remember they took her out to the crowd, do you remember what the crowd was going to do to her, say it? Stone her, and Jesus stopped the stoning. And then Jesus wrote something in the dirt, and everyone decided to flee. I think what he wrote in the dirt was rather accusatory. And then Jesus looked at the woman and said, Can you read this with me? Jesus said, Jesus taught her how to ride a bike. And she's part of the family, and she was given a VIP ticket. She was redeemed by Christ, and she was called to live in that redemption. Go and leave your life of sin because I forgive you. 
I forgive you. And she lived in that freedom. Friends in Christ, there's two types of people in this world according to God. This is how God looks at humanity. There are those who are saved and there are those who are condemned. There is no in-between. A person's either saved to eternal life or they're condemned to damnation. That's how God looks at humanity. Or it's nothing partial. It's not like death. A person's partially death. I never had a person say I'm 25% dead or I'm somewhat pregnant. You either are or you aren't. And that's what salvation is. I'm either saved or I'm not saved. Either believe and I don't believe. And there's a person either children of wrath or they're a child of God by faith in Christ because Jesus Christ died for everybody and the gift is given. And for those who believe, they're freed. And after the service, Josephine may will be brought to the waters of baptism and there should be claimed as a child of God. There should be given freedom. And so that's how God looks at the world. Uh, those who are forgiven are those who aren't, but he, he brings salvation to all through his word and through the spirit. And for us believers, let me read this. For us believers, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. What the law is powerless to do, God did by sending his son to be a sin offering so that the righteous recurrence of the law might be met in us. In other words, Jesus set us free from the law. He, he redeemed and for, he set us free from the law by his grace and mercy. And the law couldn't do it. Only God, who suffered and died and paid the penalty for us, he set us free. And um, I want to talk to you about the law, the law of God. Well, the law of God is ultimate. God doesn't change his mind. God himself doesn't change. What he says goes. And when we think of the law, we think of the Ten Commandments. We think of the shall and shall nots, and those don't change because the nature of God is not to change. His law is ultimate. It's truth. And the law condemns. If, sort of like if you've ever been to a doctor's office and a doctor takes your numbers, they're not good or condemning. And the law also condemns us. We read the law and we find ourselves not quite, not quite fit. And the law also is powerless to save. No one's going to be saved by good works. So I'll say this to everybody here. If anyone here believes that because you're a good person, you do good things, you're saved, give it up. It's not true. God is ultimately holy and just. Good works don't save, but Jesus covers us completely by his death and resurrection. If anyone believes that you're saved by good works, please give that up. It won't happen. It doesn't happen. Only by Christ. And the law also leads us to despair because it shows us our sin. But ultimately, the law points us to Christ, our only hope, our salvation. And that leads us to this. And this is what St. Paul says. Can you all read it with me? For us believers, we are no longer under the curse and the condemnation of the law. That has been broken. The law no longer condemns us as sinners. We're free. We have the past. We're part of the family. I'm not saying the law is not true, but the law no longer curses and condemns and judges us. We've been free from that. Um, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And for those of us, for us who believe, repent, that we're not, we don't have a condemnation. The law is no longer binding over us, no longer curses us or condemns us to death. We're saved by grace. And the Spirit will give life to your mortal's bodies. The Spirit lives in you. I, I really enjoyed the children's message about opposites because the flesh leaves the sin, but the Spirit leads us to do the things of God. As a believer, the Holy Spirit leads in us, and there's an internal compass that leads us um, to a direction of, of Christ, what he calls us to do. So that leads us to some very tough questions when I think of this verse. And the tough question I get asked is about every two, three months, what about those who commit suicide? It's a very difficult question. I gets asked that. Pastor, people commit suicide, are they saved or are they condemned? 
I don't know. That's a very difficult question. Now, I'm not trying to give you a red herring, but let me, do, let me give you another question. What about those who believe, but they die before they have a chance to repent? Now, now here's an example. If I drive home from church today and there's some errant driver and comes into my lane and hits my car and throws me into the river and I die, and the last thing that goes through my mind is a bad thought about that person, am I condemned? If a person's fighting in a just war and there's a, there's a pitched battle and I have some bad thoughts, a person has a bad thought about their enemy and they kill him, and the last thing you do is sin, are they condemned? What happens if the last thing a person does is maybe, I don't know, under weakness of their flesh they sin, but yet they believe, are they condemned? And I'd say rather not, no. Because there is now no condemnation for those who are under Christ Jesus. Now, I'm not the judge and jury about suicide. I can't answer that 100%. I don't know everything. We don't know everything. But we do know that for those who believe, there's no condemnation. So I'm not willing to say, nah, they're not there. Let's put them under the, the, the word of God and, and, and the, the might and the power and the graciousness of our God. No condemnation. What I'm trying to tell, what point I'm trying to get at is that in Christ, we are no longer condemned. In Christ Jesus, believers, we walk underneath the grace of Christ. Do you see the cross there? That's appropriate that that's there. You see it up there with the crown? That, that sort of, when we come in here, we need to be reminded that Jesus Christ died for me and that we walk in his grace. God bless you. We walk in his mercy. So what does this mean for us now? That's sort of a Lutheran question. What does it mean that I'm no longer condemned by a law? I walk by grace. Well, the first thing that it means is that I'm no longer condemned. My life is in the Spirit. I'm not condemned, but now the Holy Spirit now is leading me in direction. I'm not under the power of sin. I'm under the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you all read this with me? And so the Spirit's going to lead me to do things sometimes that I don't want to do. The Spirit's going to lead me to come into this house. The Spirit's going to lead me to be more generous. The Spirit's going to lead me to be kind. The Spirit's going to lead me into holy living as a believer in Jesus. And what else does it mean for me? I'm no longer condemned. The Spirit leads me to see myself as what? A simul usus epicotter. Well, now you lost me, Pastor. Well, simul usus epicotter is that we're at the same time sinner and saints. Well, let me explain it like this. Right now, for us believers, we're sinners because we sin. That's our nature. And at the same time, we're saints because we're forgiven in Christ. That's the definition of a saint. At the same time, we are sinners and saints. And maybe you felt the tension in yourself, too. I believe in Jesus. I'm forgiven. I'm redeemed. I'm a saint. But yet, that, yet I'm given into temptation. I sin. Same time, sinner and saint. But what that means for us, and I think Martin Luther gives us some insight. Can you read what he says in his small catechism? When I urge you to go to confession, I'm doing nothing else than urging you to be a Christian. So while the law no longer condemns me, as we walk through life and we sin, the Holy Spirit leads me to confess my sin and we're forgiven. Let's confess our sin every day. Matter of fact, in the Lord's Prayer, we say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who what? Matter of fact, we come into this house to be forgiven. That's the main reason to come to this house, to be forgiven. Because we all sin, sin daily much. We come to this house to be forgiven and to hear the grace of God and hear the peace of Christ. Because we're all sinners. We all fall down much. And that grace is heard in the absolution. It's heard in the pastor's message. It's heard in the readings. It's going to be heard in baptismal waters. And it's heard when we receive his body and blood. What else does it mean for us? Um, I'm no longer condemned. But I'm no longer condemned, but by the power of the Spirit, the law 
is not going to condemn me, but it's, it's, a, it's a guide and a map. The law is going to tell me how to live a godly life. Now, I'm going to go deep on you again, okay? Um, we are not antinomianists. What's an antinomianist? An antinomianist is a person who believes that the law no longer per- pertains to them. It's okay for me to be rude to people I don't like because I don't care about the Ten Commandments. It's okay for me um, maybe to cheat others because I deserve something special. Um, I don't have Ten Commandments. I have Seven Commandments. I call it salad bar Christians. Salad bar pick Christians, I pick and choose um, commandments and laws that I like. So with Pastor Holman here, we went to Sweetwater on Friday night, and there was a salad bar. I got that, and there was a container full of onions, and I pulled it out and took it to the back room. Right? There, there, there's some people, I'll pick and choose the commandments I like. Because those laws don't pertain to me. That's antinomianous. All the laws pertain to me, but... Now these are a guide for me. I'm free to do that, to love God and to love others. We don't pick and choose things. We're not salad bar Christians. The law now guides me. It doesn't condemn me or curse me, but it now guides me. This is how I love God. This is how I love my neighbor. And for that, there's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Friends in Christ, that's what it means to me. And finally, finally, since the law and the law condemns me, on the day of Christ, when Christ returns in glory to judge the world, first of all, our sinful nature will be gone. Uh, sometimes when people think about heaven, we sort of think about life on earth like this, and heaven's just going to be a better version. The fishing's going to be better, my team's going to play better, I'm going to feel better. Heaven's just going to be a better version on earth. Well, not really. In heaven, we're not going to have sin or our sinful nature. That's going to be gone. There will, so heaven, in many ways, is much more a condition than a place. We all have been taught that heaven's a place. Just a little bit better than earth. No, heaven will be a condition where we're confirmed in righteousness. We can't sin. Sin won't be there. And also, for us believers, our bodies will be raised to new life. And heaven will get a new body, a glorious body, like our risen Lord. And so, friends in Christ, go back. There is now no condemnation for those in Christ. We live under grace with the blessing of that. We live by the power of God, by the power of the Spirit, who leads and guides us. What a joy that is for all of us, through Christ who lived and died and rose for us. So how about this for a closing thought? Can you all read it with me? And all God's people say...